Okay, here we go. The Pen and Maggie Show. He's about to get crazy and wild. Stay for a while. Don't touch a radio the dial. Pen and Show. Kicking it back. Sports talk. Listen to that and stay tuned for some giggles and laughs. Go. <laughs> Welcome to the Pen and Mikey Show. Hey ho, hey ha ha ho ha hee hee ha. Are we on? Oh, sorry. I guess the show has started, Ben. I'm happy to be here for episode 18. I'm happy to be anywhere uh, for episode 18. I don't know if you know this, Ben, but I'm old. Uh, a lot of people know that. You were there at my birthday party. Remember that they, lit, they lit the candles and they handed me that fire extinguisher? Remember? What a night that was. Mm. How are you? An afternoon to remember. <laughs> Early afternoon then was right over to uh, the, the, the buffet. We went over to the buffet afterwards. Mm. With your girlfriend, Edna. Uh, we have a program. It's not a program. It's a podcast. And it's brought to you by Dr. Robert Leonard. Now, why do I mention him with such profuse praise? Well, he's the reason I'm not some bald-headed shithead. Uh, he fixed my head. He fixed my head, and he fixed it good. And uh, he's got quite the thing going on there with thousands of happy people who are not bald because of the technology, the expertise, the artistry of Dr. Robert Leonard and Dr. Matthew Lepresti at Leonard Hair Transplant Associates. The individual best, well, they're actually more than individual. There's six locations in New England. And uh, I, I can't say enough nice about them. Call 1-800-GET-HAIR if your hair is bothering you because of its lack thereof. Did that make any sense? We also thank every week Joe Fish. Uh, both in North Reading and North Andover, the greatest seafood restaurant in New England, or anywhere for that matter. Uh, a long-awaited episode 18, Ben, people have been saying to me now for, God, over three years, just what the hell happened with you at WEEI? You know, you were there 20 years, and what the hell happened? What happened? It was going so well. It was the longest job I ever had. I was the longest-running night show in the history of sports radio in Boston. 11 years. So what happened? Heroin. No, no. Yeah, how'd you <laughs> fuck no, that up? No. Uh, let's do a little history. Can we do some history? Go ahead. This is fun. Mm. I've always loved history. It was 2013, and Glenn Ordway had just been let go after 20 years of successful afternoon drive radio with the big show. And then uh, at the same day, same month, February 2013, uh, they added a new guy to the morning show named Kirk Minahan, and he joined Dennis and Callahan. I think they kept him in a different booth in the early days. And uh, and then there was a, a change in program director and general manager. Remember Julie Kahn? I love Julie. She's, she was gone, and Jeff Brown came in. You remember Jeff? Mm-hmm. And with him, of course, Jason Wolf gets fired in August of 2013 after being there forever uh, throughout the highly successful early days. He didn't really get fired. They just instituted a height requirement. I mean, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's kind of revisionist to say he was fired. <laughs> anyway, he's dropped out in August. That was a bombshell. That was a bombshell uh, for Jason Wolf to be gone. And they brought in Kevin Graham, who I like to, I fondly call. No nuts. They brought him in, and he was the program director after uh, after Jason. Yep. And then they 
we got rid of Jeff Brown, which was, I think everybody was in universal agreement it was a great move. And they brought in Phil Zachary. So a lot of changes going on in the upper management and the, some of the high-level positions on WEEI. Now, meanwhile, I'm thinking, I'm safe because I'm on at night. You know, no one even listens at night. <laughs> uh, I have a low-budget show. They didn't pay any co-hosts. We had no promotional budget. I figured, um, I'm good. They'll get to other things first. And indeed, they did. Uh, in 2014... Mutt was fired from the midday show, released, and they hired, I think, Tim Benz, right? Okay. They brought in Tim Benz, so they reshuffled the midday from show. Pittsburgh, yep. And because Mutt was taken off that show, uh, he was inserted in my show, much like a suppository, <laughs> in the night show uh, at the behest of somebody. Somebody wanted him to, to get uh, John Ryder's job. I don't know who. I'm trying to go with just facts here. But they blew out my old pal, John Ryder, who we worked very well together. And they put Mutt on my show. Okay, so when, when they told you they're putting Mutt on your show, having listened right. to Mutt, right. <clears throat> probably not knowing him really all that well. Right. And this is before any you guys actually did a show together. What were your thoughts about that? I know you were friendly with Ryder. You yes, liked Ryder and, and everything. Yes, and sad because he was gone. But like, just in terms of Mutt joining your show, were you optimistic? Were you pessimistic? What were you feeling going into that? Well, the thing about Mutt was I didn't have any feelings about him. I didn't have any vitriol toward him whatsoever, or I didn't have any fondness toward him okay. whatsoever prior to that night when they, when they made those moves. Because they fired Ryder the next day. After Mutt was fired from the midday show. So I, it was kind of obvious what they had in mind, which was to shuffle him around a little bit. Which I think you were more fired about, or more angry about, was how they fired Ryder. Yes. I, you know, I, I, Roddy Ryder was a friend of mine and fine. But in radio, those things happen. I understand that. I've been you know, 45 years in this business. I know. I've been fired a million times and hired a million times, thankfully. Uh, and, and so, so Ryder's gone and Mutt's coming in. Okay, fine. I'll work with Mutt. Whatever it is, it, it'd be good to have somebody in the room. You know, uh, and so on and so forth. The thing was that um, right away, when he started on the show, I sensed that he, A, didn't want to be there. B, hated me for some reason. C, uh, was moping, still moping with his head down about being on the, uh, being kicked off the midday show. So I said, well, you know, geez, he's not very happy. I figured maybe after a while he'll get used to it. We have fun on the show. Maybe he'll like it. Maybe we'll have a good time like Ryder and I did or anybody else who came in. I, I, that was wrong. He never <laughs> he never adopted uh, that kind of attitude, and it went for, for quite a while. About a month into the show, Phil Zachary, I see him in the hall, and he says, how's Mutt? I didn't want to lie to him. He's my boss. But I also didn't want to hammer Mutt. You know, I still had hopes that he would straighten out his act. And I said, well, he, you know, he doesn't seem that happy. Uh, probably because, you know, he's still bummed out about losing the midday shift or whatever. But, and Phil belts out, well, he better get, get happy because we did him a big solid keeping him on the payroll. So I thought, oh, geez, you know, he was not really on thin ice. So I said, I better not complain anymore about Mutt, or else it might mean his demise. Wait, did you say that out loud to no. Phil, or did you just inner monologue in, that? Inner monologue. Okay. I said, just well, okay. sure. Cause... So for a year, <laughs> I didn't say one word to anybody about Mutt, even though 
His performance on the show was totally lackluster. You know, if I want to get Mutt, the knowledgeable, does his homework, sports-crazed guy on the... I want the energetic version of that, not the dullard version of that, where he's you know, basically watching TV or looking at his devices and not looking at me and, and engaging in the show and talking about what we're talking about on the show. He was completely disengaged, I think is a fair way to put it. And that's a perfectly honest assessment. I think other people had the same feeling about his performance on my show. So he's dragging me down, basically. Did you guys ever have that conversation? Or a, well, I, a similar kind of conversation talking about the show and what's going on? No, that? I would once in a while have to say, hey, you know, Mutt, you know, we're doing a show over here, uh, by the way. But I didn't want to, like, pile on. He had just lost his midday gig. And I didn't want to be a guy who's saying, you know, Mutt, Jesus, you know, and, started to, and starting to berate him on the air. You know, uh, that's something Kirk would do with people live on the air later on. But at this point in time, I didn't want to be piling on. I figured he'd snap out of it eventually. And in October, I'm sorry, in April, uh, he became a baseball guy, Mm -hmm. you know, for six months. So I really didn't have to see that much of him. It wasn't like I was on with him every night because many nights there were games and we had separate duties and so on and so forth. So, um, Phil had asked me how's Mutt and all that stuff. I gave him an honest assessment, but I didn't want to be the guy who was trashing him and getting him fired. I've never gotten anybody fired in my entire life, other than yourself. In- <laughs> many, <laughs> aside many, from me, many in times, forty-five years. I didn't want. And then, like, once I was a program director in Springfield, I had how'd to you fire- get yourself fired from that one? I had to fire a whole staff, and it was the worst <laughs> thing I ever had to do. You know, and then, so- did you get fired immediately after that? They made you fire everyone, and then they fired you. Yes, they did. They, they made me fire myself. Uh, and I, at that time, I was doing most of the things for myself uh, in any regard. So we did baseball season, right? So I don't have to deal with much. Now we come back uh, after baseball season 20, uh, it, it, this would be 2015. Okay. We come back from baseball season, and it's me and Mud again doing the Planet Mikey show. And it's... Not better, it's worse. Mutt is paying less attention. He's less engaged. He doesn't give shit number one what I'm saying or what's going on on the show. And he's completely unplugged. Okay? So I go to Phil Zachary. And I said, you know what? I don't think Mutt's happy. Maybe this would work. Maybe this would make Mutt happy. How about instead of him coming in 6 to midnight, we put him on 8 o'clock to midnight, like a four-hour show like everybody else on the station had, right? And that gives me the first two hours to get somebody in there who actually is interesting. And it gives him an opportunity to do four hours a day instead of six and beat traffic. He doesn't have to come in at 6 p.m. to Boston. And I said, maybe he'll be happy. And the two hours that I do have to spend with him, he'll be better because he's happy. So I'm trying to change Mutt's hours and, and make it better. And, and Phil Zachary says to me, I'll talk to Kevin, and we'll see if, if it's a good idea. The next thing I know, I'm getting ambushed on Friday night in the first two minutes of my radio show. I'm, I'm doing Planet Mikey at 6 o'clock on a Friday night, and here's Mutt, and he jumps out of the box 
like a puma and ambushes me on the show. And I just wish I would get the same respect. I don't know if you don't respect me or you don't like the work I do or you think that I should be doing a different Whoa. job. Are you, I think but, you're, are you taking lessons from Kirk Minahan on this? No, but if you got a call from somebody in management and they said the guy you're working with is not happy with your performance, how would you respond? And when the guy never came to you and said anything. Thanks for bringing it up, by the way. It's really. Oh, thanks for, yeah, and thanks for going above my head instead of telling me like a man. And treat me like a little bitch. Oh, my God. I thought, what has happened to Mutt? All of a sudden, he's a viper. Uh, and then I realized right away, as you could tell, that this was a Minahan-driven um, procedure that was going on. It was a, a, a Minahan plan, a Minahan script, Minahan prodding his only friend, Mutt, to do this monkey trick on me. And I thought, okay, well, here's where we go. We had a little tax stuff. The problem was it was false. They were acting as though I was trying to get him fired. I never in my life tried to get anyone fired, ever. I was trying to fix the problem. Do you realize that? Can you see that, Ben? I can see it from what you said, yeah. From what I said? What, are you thinking it didn't? No, 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 no I'm just kidding. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Get, get, get Phil Zachary on the phone. Anyway, so this ambush happens. This is like, to me, I'm, I'm saying, okay. This is a, an ambush of me on a show that I've had for 11 years in front of my entire audience based on a falsehood, trying to make me look like an asshole and a backstabbing weasel who's trying to get him fired. The, the, the sad part was none of that was true. Well, hold on. You are an asshole. You are not a right. backstabbing okay. weasel. I, all right. You're right. You're so right. it's half I stand true. corrected. You're right. No, but you're not a backstabber. So anyway. you're, honestly, you're one of the nicest guys I've ever met in this business. Well, thanks. And, and I've met some good guys. Now, the funny thing is, another indicator... You're an of, asshole, uh, but you're a really good guy. <laughs> another indication of Kirk being behind this was within three minutes of the beginning of the fight, who's tweeting about it? Kirk. Oh, there's a good one going on on EEI. Mutt Mikey. Tune it in. It, he, he's listening and, and obviously texting back and forth. So I, that, that I knew right away. And then, of course, Chad Finn retweeted his tweet. <laughs> All of a sudden, I get this huge audience for a, a fight that's based on a falsehood, making me look like an asshole. And I got I got to deal with Mutt for four hours. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't leave. I tried to get him to leave. I threw my fucking headphones at him. Yes, you did. Uh, well, you, yeah, you kind of threw him like at the window, sort of in the direction. Well, the cord was too short. <laughs> I needed... How many times have you complained about that? <clears throat> Other people complain about the, the cord. I'm sure you've complained about your cord being too, too short, too. Too short. So now I'm getting endless texts on the text line of the EI. I'm getting tw tweets, you know, oh, that I'm a backstabbing asshole. You know, mm -hmm. I'm getting all the, it's all landing on me, even though that's not what happened. And all I could think was, this is going to really, really suck. But that wasn't the full extent of it. Of course, after that show, four hours of that action going on, the next morning... Well, hold, is, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. It only, like, how long did it really go on for that night? It only went on for like an hour, and then you were forced to do like three hours of very weird radio, right? right? Like me wanting to reach across and, t and strangle him on his monkey neck, you know, for three hours after that. But I had to control myself. I thought, I'm a professional broadcaster, okay? No matter what he is, I'm a professional broadcaster. So I suffered through that but here's the thing next morning it's you know bradford and tangway and all they did was play highlights from the fight the whole morning on the uh, so and it's on the internet the sound clips are there and they're promoting you should listen to the whole thing on on wei.com and they're they're playing it all saturday next morning sunday it's bradford and and butch and guess what they're playing they're playing the friday night fight
fight again from the fraudulent bullshit thing, and they're playing that Sunday morning. And then comes Monday morning. Kirk and Callahan and John Dennis, and what do they do for two hours? But they talk about the Mutt and Mikey feud that happened the other night. And again, in generally in a derogatory fashion about me, making me look like an asshole who started it and who did the whole, you know, uh, went behind... He went behind much back, you know, and all this bullshit. And they, the only guy that defended me at all was Callahan, who said, I'd really like to hear Mikey's side of the story. And I'm on the other end. I'm listening going, yeah, hello, put me on the air and I'll explain the whole thing like I have so far in this podcast, right? Because it's very clear in my head. They didn't call. They didn't call. Instead, they continued, with the exception of Callahan, to try to make me look like an asshole for the rest of their show. So now we have a meeting about it. Kevin Graham. No, Kevin Nutless wasn't there. I forgot. Nutless was not there. Uh, it was Joey, who was assistant program director or something at the time. Me, Mutt, Patio, all sitting in a room talking about what happened. You know, just what happened. And then they have a letter. All of a sudden, Kevin Graham comes in. He's got a letter for me to sign and Mutt saying that we will not engage on the air. And that behavior was inappropriate. And wrong, and you will not do it again. Sign here. You might even be terminated if you don't if you do this. So basically, a threatening letter uh, about our jobs if we did that again. All right. So now I'm left with no chance to defend myself. They didn't put me on the air in the morning show. I can't engage and get this thing solved at night. I, I can't. I can't even talk about it, or else I will get fired based on a letter in my file. So I'm like, oh fuck. And now I, I can't even explain this stupid bullshit situation. I got to sit here with egg on my face forever. And it pissed me off. I can be honest with you. It really did. And I knew Kirk was behind the whole thing. Now, how did I know? Well, <laughs> uh, there were a lot of reasons that I knew. He had his fingerprints all over it. I've heard that before. It was a Kirkian escapade. He loved the conflict. This is before he even got his feet wet doing it himself on the morning show. He's getting Mutt to do it, at risk of Mutt's job, by the way. Because, you know, Mutt, how many people do you know have, have survived these three things in a radio career at one station? Failure, midday show. Uh, antagonistic behavior uh, on my show. And a DUI, a DWI. Uh, usually you do those three things in a row, you're going to get fired, especially the first one. <laughs> you know, if your ratings fail... That's what they did. They pulled him off the midday, but they stuck him up the ass of Planet Mikey. That's the problem. And I had to deal with it. And, you know, I mean, I said it before on a podcast right here. With all due respect, and I don't want anything bad to happen to Mutt. I don't wish him harm or bad health. I just think he sucks. I think he's a dullard. He's boring, you know, and I didn't really want him to have a, a part of my show because he was boring. And the one thing I hate more than anything aside from really hairy women's asses, is someone who's boring. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. So uh, shortly thereafter, uh, I had a little bit of a a tete-a-tete, if you will, with Kirk Minahan. And I think, Ben, you were there. No, I wasn't there for that one. I was there for you and Mutt. I was not there for that. You weren't there uh, no. roaming the halls of WEI when... Uh, nope, I was in the studio when it happened. Someone, another producer, saw it and or was around when it right. sort of happened and then came and told me after. Yeah, I walked by Kirk. He was in Joey's office, and I, I popped my head in, and, and then I just walked away because I didn't have anything to say to him because I don't like him. You know, after all this stuff that he pulled and all and all, and all the bad... Re you know, he, he was the one that was 
promoting the replay of this incident over and over again in the morning. So I didn't, I didn't like him. So I walk away, and he goes, oh, what, what do you want? Where are you going? Well, you don't want to talk to me? What? What? what, what, what treat me like an asshole? Go. So I walk back, and I talk to him. I figure, all right, let's find out what Kirk he wants. He says, well, what are you being like? That? I said, look, Kirk, and I tried to be as honest as I could. I said, I hate you. I think you're a dick. I think you're an asshole. I said, everybody hates you. And he said, I'm pretty sure my kids like me. And I said, give them time. And it went downhill from there. Um, but he went right to HR and accused me of confronting him. So here I am. I'm thinking, I try to get along with people. You know, my whole career, 40 years, thousands of people I worked with. I try to get along with everybody. And here's this guy, Kirk, who's being all like, you know, aggressive on the subject of me. is screwing with me on the air, making me look like an asshole, forcing my co-host Mutt to be a, an asshole to me as well. And I'm all bummed out about that. Uh, and what happens the very next morning? Well, Kirk and I had the confrontation and we heard about it on the morning show. We used to have Mikey filling all the time, and I loved it. He would tell the monkey story, and I would laugh hysterically. I've never heard it. It's great. I've heard it a hundred times, and he, and he would come in here at the breaks. You think what we do at the breaks with Tangway is a little weird with these, you know. I did a million shows with Mikey. I know. He jumps on the console. Jokes. He dances. I'm telling you, I, until, until a couple months ago, I loved the guy. I, 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 I was on the radio with him a million times when I first started. But he was so angry at me about the mutt thing that I had nothing to do with. Oh, but you did, Kirk. Uh, which you've admitted since, you did have something to do with that. And it was a, a kind of a malicious uh, attack on my character. That's the problem. I didn't, you know, it, it, I would have had a conversation with Mud about what I said with Phil Zachary and all those things about it if it was necessary to do. I didn't want to be the guy. I mean, it's not my job. I'm not the program director. Some program director, maybe Nutless, could have listened to the show and said, Mutt, you're not bringing any energy, not even like you did on your failed midday show. Can you at least bring something to the table? I didn't want to be the guy who I had to work with him every night when he's already sulking, who was giving him the critique every night as well. It wasn't my job, you know. Uh, his job was to come in and just join the party. On the Planet Mikey show, just be a third person, second person in the room, and try to have a good time. But Kirk really, really uh, exacerbated the situation uh, personally. Uh, he made it uh, very clear that he had better things in mind for me, which is to be fired, and for Mutt, which was to, to work in my show. You don't say anything negative about him. Because I like him. Right. I don't. I hate him. I do. You should have seen. Obviously, the things he said to me were unbelievable. And if it were up to me, if it were up to me, he'd be gone. But I don't get to call the shots. <laughs> but <laughs> if it were up to me, he'd be gone. Goodbye. See you later. Hello. Weeknights with Mutt. 6 to 10. That'd be my show. Well, you know, he got his wish. It was May 26th of 2016 that that, that episode happened on the morning show. And three weeks later, I was out. And guess who took over? The Night Show! Mutt at night! And it was glorious. It was glorious. Uh, now, as you can tell, I'm over it completely. Um, you know, these guys deserve each other. And Mutt is clearly Kirk's best friend and only friend, probably, as far as I know. Uh, you know... Uh, I don't know how many friends Mutt has. It doesn't matter to me because I really would like to purge this from my memory banks, this entire episode. Mm -hmm. 
and just forget about it because I'm retired now. I'm happy. I would love for you to do that. I'm doing a podcast with, mm, with two trendy with some people I really really like. I'm having a good time. Uh, I'm driving a Grand Marquis. What could be nicer than that? Uh, I, I'm, I actually getting away from WEI made me happy, and I, I didn't think that would ever happen. Have you noticed that that is a common theme with a lot of people? Well, I'll tell you what. There's a, a long list of of carnage. You know, I think since the Kirk Minahan era began, it, it began with Ryder. You know, Ordway was fired and brought back. Uh, Holly, uh, Holly's gone. Uh, John Dennis is gone. Uh, I'm gone. Uh, numerous producers that were high quality producers have left the radio station, and uh, and never mind people from the Globe or wherever else. If Kirk wants to get you fired, he'll make it his mission, and. I was his first mission, so I guess I should feel privileged. I will cop completely the setting, like walking Mutt through that thing when he had the fight with him. Uh, I, you know, obviously, I had my fingerprints all over it. Mutt's not capable of, of those. I mean, I was essentially like. As we've learned. <laughs> no, that's true. I love Mutt, but... Oh, we all love Mutt. See, the thing, the thing about Kirk is, uh, you know, yeah, he's an asshole and he's a dick, but he has talent. He really does. And if he wasn't such a dick all the time, I would really enjoy listening to him. Tremendous I, tap dancer. I think, no. I mean, clearly. You don't like his tap dancing abilities? No, I've never really, really seen any of that. But, you know, I don't wish him any harm, uh, Kirk. I, I hope he, I wish him good luck with all of his issues that he might have going on in his life. I just uh, don't like the way he drew first blood on me for no reason whatsoever and shit on my career, one that I'd built up for years and years and years, 23 years, one-third of my (laughs) – half of my professional life I spent at WEI. And I worked very hard at that and making friends and keeping them. And Kirk came along and just kind of blew the whole thing out of the water. I thought it was very unfairly. But do I want bad things to happen to him? No. I hope he has a wonderful life uh, that doesn't include me. Mud, on the other hand, does not have any talent. So, and I hope he has a wonderful life too. I hope he's happy and healthy for the rest of his life and work someday where he should be, which is doing weekends in Iowa or something at an ESPN affiliated station. I, I, I really, honestly, have no, no, no grudge against them. Um, Kirk said he would want to come on the podcast when I went on his podcast last week. You open to that? That's very dangerous. Why? 